Three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there was that one time. You know, <laughs> oh, geez, Aaron. You're the worst. You are the worst. This is jobbing out. Welcome in. It is Jobbing Out, episode number five. That's the one. It just happens to be episode number five. Although I should make it episode number 21 because AJ Francis, it's going to be our 21st Hall of Famer coming on the show this week. Which hey, that should be our bit from now on. I do like we that. have a Hall of Famer on. That'll be the, name, the number of the episode. I like that a great yep. deal. All right. I am Glenn Clark. He is the aforementioned. Main event. Vent. Vent. Ah, there it is. AJ France of the Washington Redskins. It's just us this week. Uh, normally, we like to uh, beat up Aaron and we like to, to, to tell him he's the worst because he is. And by the way, he was getting everybody that was listening to the show last week was having having at it with Aaron and his dumb theory about Matt Hardy and the whole deal. Oh, my God. I got uh, all sorts of feedback on that. Now, all that being said, in our heart of hearts, we actually do love Aaron. He is our friend. And uh, Aaron, unfortunately, had a death in his family this week. And uh, so we are bummed for Aaron, and we're thinking about yeah. him. Um, so he's not with us this week, but he will be back for our big uh, WrestleMania extravaganza next week. Speaking of which, AJ Francis. Yep. Um, let's do some show ho- uh, housework here. Uh, we have not only a great guest this week, but we have already lined up and nailed down a great guest for next week. And as I referenced... We're going to have Hall of Famer number 21 on this week. Well, we're going to go ahead and tick that one up again next week and make it back-to-back weeks of Hall of Famers. So going into WrestleMania, we'll be sitting pretty with number 22. Woo! Yeah, I'm pretty effing excited. Um, honestly, I'm really excited about both of these. i got to be honest with you. These are two really great guests that we have. And remarkably, two guests we've never had on before, which, as we've talked about, is, is difficult because we've been doing the show for so long. Um, but coming up on this week's show, we're really happy to tell you that Mark Henry is going to be joining us. And Sexy and chocolate. Yeah, uh, the world's strongest man. He'll uh, take you to the Hall of Pain, and now he's going to the Hall of Fame. And before he does that, he's coming to our neck of the woods. Uh, dude, what an event they're putting on out in Hagerstown this weekend. James Ellsworth, who we love, that's our buddy. Uh, his crew from ACW is teaming up with uh, Big Time Wrestling and putting on a super show this weekend in Western Maryland with uh, Mark Henry and Emma and James and the Hurricane Shane Helms. So basically, if you live in Maryland and you don't go to this, you're a huge dick. Um, don't say that. <laughs> don't say yeah. that. I'm setting that to put the precedence on you. What a dick you are for putting that on me. Um, I hope to be able to make it out this weekend. It is Easter weekend. I'm not sure if you're aware. 
And it's I, oh, how about if I said all? Oh, is this is this, is this like when Aaron pretended uh, to, yeah, to be Jewish, Jewish right? To yeah, get yeah. out of to get out of watching the Christian yeah, movie. Now you're Christian I'm because you don't want to. I am definitely not like Catholic or anything like that. So it's not a big weekend for me, but it is for my wife's family. So we got a lot of stuff to do. Also, I could do the same thing and say, "Hey, if you're even remotely an Orioles fan, you'd be here for opening day tomorrow. Are you going to be here? Huh? You got to be here." I saw the Orioles in spring training. Did you? Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. You probably did do that. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, so the other star that's going to be out in Hagerstown this weekend at the same event is one Mick Foley. And, boy, that's interesting. Bang, bang. That's so interesting because, AJ, who's Hall of Famer number 22 is going to be joining us next week for a WrestleMania extravaganza? Um, some people know him as Dude Love. Ah. Some people know him as Cactus Jack. Some people know him as Mankind. Yeah. Um, he was also he was almost uh, what is it Marvin the Mauler? Or, yeah, yeah, the mutilator, yeah, right? The, the, Marvin the mutilator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mick uh, Foley. Yeah, that's right. Mick Foley, the one and only. Mama Foley's baby boy. Um, Foley Foley. He is going to be joining us next week for our WrestleMania extravaganza. So Mark Henry this week, Mick Foley next week. Is Mick not only is in town this weekend, but he's going to be back for a couple of shows as he's doing his one man show to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Hell in a Cell match. Uh, both in D.C. and in Joppa. So a uh, couple of really great guests in back-to-back week going into WrestleMania. We're making our, our go-home stro- shows pretty strong here, I would say. There's yeah, some pretty strong go-home shows leading into WrestleMania. I'm pretty excited about that. So uh, that's what's coming up here on the program. AJ, I've got a question for you. Okay. Who had the best match on Raw this week? Um, you know, mainly because Roman Reigns did not have a match on Raw this week. Um, I guess you would have to for. I would like to point out that Roman had a fight, had a three match lead on the entire roster until he had three straight weeks without a match. <laughs> but uh, this week, I would have to give it to Braun and, and Sheamus. Yeah, I um, probably agree with that. Um, the um, there's, I mean, you could always say Nia and Mickey, or even uh, the tag team match, but. I'm, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Nia and Sheamus. I, I, I mean, I said yeah, uh, Nia. Sorry. That, although with, that's uh, that's Braun a match I'd be willing to see. I'm not opposed to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would tend to agree with that. I think that one works, and so I'm good with that. Now, what, where does that bring us for the year? All right, so let me put it in week thirteen. Braun versus Sheamus. Braun. Yeah. And that means uh, for the year. That means for the year, Roman Reigns is six, six, and one. Six, six, and one. Roman Reigns still in pretty good shape. Still in pretty good shape at this point. Although I assume probably at this point he won't have a match next week either going into yeah. WrestleMania. All that being said, I, I mean, I, I have to feel as though everything that we've seen to this point would make us think that. And I always assume this to begin with, but there's no way at this point they don't have Roman beat Brock Lesnar at Mania, right? I mean, you know that they like to do things at Mania that no one expects. But, I mean, look at everything they've done in the build-up to this. I get it, but... I mean, did you think Brock was going to beat Undertaker? No, but I... I had just never given it any thought. You know what I mean? Like, I would never thought about the possibility. I hear what you're saying. I just feel as though right now they've done everything they can to put over Brock Lesnar as the heel in order to try to ensure as much as possible that the crowd reaction will be 
positive at WrestleMania when Roman Reigns goes over Brock Lesnar and wins the title, which I again I always thought was going to happen, but I just I mean I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean I just I feel like at this point now if they know if they have some other plan in mind if they want to do something else I guess that it's always possible or plausible but I just don't know why you do this to this extent I mean somebody would argue it's to throw people off the scent and to get dummies like me to say there's no way that uh, Roman Reigns can lose at WrestleMania but I just don't know why you go this far down the road if you're doing anything other than having Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar and win the title yeah and I mean Roman in and of Roman Lesnar, I, I think they showed in just a little three minutes they wrestled outside the ring how incredible their match can be with Roman going in for the Superman punch, Brock catching him out of the air, been doing a belly to belly on the, on the concrete, well, the padding. Like they they're gonna put on a spectacle, of course, was, right? And I can't. No, no, I think it'll be great. Um, I I don't know what they have in mind. I don't know if there's. I, I've always wondered if there's still some other swerve that could happen. Like, could they, for the night, have Paul Heyman turn on Brock? Not make Roman a heel, but just have Heyman turn on Brock in the match again in hopes of getting the crowd over on Roman a little bit more, a smart crowd at WrestleMania. Could they do something like that in order to try to, and try to add another layer to this somehow, some way? I don't know that they need to, but I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I just feel like there are... It seems like they're going to great lengths to try to protect Roman Reigns and the reaction that they're going to get at Mania. And I mean, that's what they should do. He's their biggest star. He's their he's their best performer. That's why him versus the entire WWE is such a close race. That's a great point. It's a great point. Uh, elsewhere on Raw this week, there was a lot that happened. Uh, the John Cena Undertaker thing. Look, you and I have both agreed, and everybody's agreed. We never really wanted to see John Cena face the Undertaker. Um, but now I do. Okay, that's what I wanted to get to, because Cena has basically had to do all of the work by himself to set this up. This week, they threw Kane into the mix to try to help him out a little bit, you know, and, and, and that was serviceable for sure. But Cena's basically had to do all the work himself. You are saying you've changed your mind, and now all of a sudden, you're on board with John Cena and The Undertaker. Yeah, because I think that, I mean, we always, I, I really hope that, Undertaker, if he's going to if he's going to do it at least one more match, I would like to see him wrestle John Cena. Like that's a good match for WrestleMania. Um, I would prefer if he didn't, but right. if it's already in the cards, uh, I, I I have no problem with it being John Cena because he, as you know, he's on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> okay, but are you are you saying that just because of your? Does it matter the work that John Cena's done the last couple weeks in in changing your mind about that? Um, yes, actually. Okay. Um, Cena has got, Cena got me interested. I mean, let's be honest. The last couple of weeks Cena's been working. Cena's the reason that I actually want to see this match now. Because before Cena started this whole bit of calling out The Undertaker to do something or, you know, be give him an answer and all that. Like, before he did that, I had no, I had no, like, will or, or thought about wanting to see him versus the Undertaker. But now, I, if John Cena's just there as a fan, I'm kind of going to be disappointed. Okay, I hear you on that. Now, let me follow that up with, though. It Does does the Undertaker need to respond? Like, does he need to cut a promo, or could he just 
you know, sort of send a message saying he accepts <laughs> next week, and then we don't see him until actually WrestleMania. Is that is that good enough at this point? Uh, yeah. Um, because he's done it before. Right. WrestleMania 20. So, like, I think that's actually the perfect way to do it since he's quote-unquote retired. I'm still struggling, man. I got to be honest with you. I'm still struggling because still the the thing that keeps coming back to me is how much I don't want to see The Undertaker at this point. Like, I'm just – I think John Cena's done really good work. I think he has put in a tremendous effort the last couple of weeks to build this almost single-handedly. I just still don't want to see The Undertaker. Like, I – I get that if I'm presuming it's the bell that we hear and not a goddamn Kid Rock song. Um, presuming like what's that? Want to see badass Undertaker? Oh God damn it! I would be so angry. Um, presuming the moment we hear the bell in New Orleans, sure. Like I'll be, it's the Undertaker, and you're always happy to see him, and it's something that's been there. You know, like I I get it, and the entrance is epic, the whole deal. But I just still don't want to see the match. I just don't have any interest in it. And I I don't know if I can say that without it sounding like I'm knocking. I'm not knocking John Cena. I'm not knocking the work that he's done. I think he's done great work to try to build something that isn't there. I just still don't find myself particularly interested in seeing it. Uh, I mean, teach his own, I suppose. Uh, I, I just think Cena versus Taker at WrestleMania is a match that we probably should have got a couple years ago already. Um, so I, 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 John Cena being on Mount Rushmore and being so good in and of himself is the reason why I care about this now because he's made me care. Right, right. And I understand. I, I'm trying to say this both ways. I really am trying to say both that I think that John Cena has done a very good job and also at the same time that I still, at the, the payoff ultimately is I have to watch an aging man attempt to wrestle and when I say aging, we're going to be, I'm aging. I'm talking about an aged man attempt to put on a wrestling match, and I'm just not interested in that. I don't, I don't think there's anything that they could do that would have gotten me interested in this match. And I'm over the thing where I'm burned by the fact that last year they made it seem like he was retiring and he ultimately he wasn't. I'm over that, right? It's professional wrestling. This shit happens all the time. You know, for, Ric Flair might still have another match at some point, even though he's died six times already. I'm over uh, that feeling. It's just more the, okay, but ultimately I don't want to see it. I really just don't. I have no interest in watching him sort of, and it's somebody, everybody can tell me, oh, well, he's probably in great shape. He's probably, blah, blah, blah. I, I just, dude, you can't beat your age. Like, you can't suddenly show up one day. he comes back? But here's the thing, though. I will say this, though. Um, he was a... He, he was showing these signs of aging five, six years ago. And then he worked that, that program with Brock Lesnar through Hell in a Cell and all the other matches, SummerSlam and the matches they had. And he didn't look bad. Like, he came back and he looked good. Now, that was because he had so much time off in between. Maybe this is another example of that. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's him on his last leg. Yeah, I mean, I I'm very worried that it is. Like, I'm just, dude. I I I don't know how someone, dude. You know, he's he just turned fifty three, like this week. He turned fifty three years old. I I I know that there are fifty three year olds that are in far better athletic shape than I will ever dream of being in my life. And even you, a professional athlete, there are probably fifty three year olds somewhere in the world that are in better athletic shape than you will be in your life. That right. being said. I, I, ah, 
I'm just not excited for it. I'm excited for the spectacle. I'm excited for the Undertaker. The, you know, the, the moment where he walks what out match, of the ring. What match on Raw really get revved during? What which of the Raw matches right now are revving my engines? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm I'm revved even though they haven't announced it, but I'm revved for what will ultimately be Braun Strowman and Elias taking on the club. Like, I, I how can I not be revved for that? Now that's another argument where they, the bar. Oh yeah, sorry. Thank you. The bar, not the club. Go ahead. You can ch- you can count that one. Um, yep, yeah, you can do that. Um, you know, it's another one where oddly they haven't made it official. They haven't officially announced it. We're working under the assumption that that's what's going to be, and it, I guess it's still possible there could be some super surprise tag team partner. And at this point, like you could even make an argument for now that we know that Matt Hardy is going into the um, the Battle Royal and that he's not going to have another match against Bray Wyatt, someone might argue that it's, for storyline reasons, would be even better for Bray Wyatt to be Braun Strowman's opponent, or a tag team partner at WrestleMania. No is the answer. No, it should never be that, because I need as much of Elias and Braun Strowman in my life as I possibly can. But in a way, I'm actually kind of disappointed that we've had two weeks without that, that instead of getting that buddy cop build that I wanted leading up to them being tag team partners, we're, it looks more as though it would be a forced thing at this point when they end up getting there that's okay life goes on and i'll i'll live but that when we get there i will be revved up for that because i'm excited for anything that Braun Strowman and Elias do and the bar is great as well so i'm going to be excited i'll be revved up for that i am revved up absolutely and we'll get to the miz here in a second who was amazing this week but how could you not be revved up for the triple threat how could you not be super that's amped? that's the match on raw like obviously I'm a Roman Mark, so I'm I'm excited for Roman right. Brock, but the the triple threat for the Intercontinental Title match could be one of the better matches we've ever seen at WrestleMania. Like crazy. I, I mean, dude, it's it's going to be unbelievable, and what a goddamn amazing performance from the Miz this week um, in his hometown, knowing that that they were going to pop. Uh, he killed it. I mean, he killed it. Um, with his segment this week and getting the crowd to turn back on him and saying that he was, you know, he's in Hollywood now. He's, in, I mean, it was just, it was perfection. He's murdering it. The, 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 the cell literally hanging in there and ducking until the last second when the Miz Taraj ran past him to, to beat those guys down. Dude, that was, that was some damn fine work that those boys put in on Monday nights. And not even just that, just the fact that like, Miz, like his little lines, like if I wanted to, if I wanted to fail out of staying in Cleveland. That is. Such- oh no, question, man. No he's, question. He's just one of the best of our time on the mic, and I think it's taken people a very long time to recognize Miz's greatness, and that's why, like right now, I'm partial to think that Miz retains at WrestleMania. I mean, I, I don't think that either one of the other options is better than that. You know what I mean? Like what? What's what's Finn Balor? Finn Balor winning it could be better. It's a it's a I think it's a great moment, right? Like I think it gets you a huge pop. I think it gets you know it's it, it's way over if Finn Balor wins the match, but I think the moment is good. I think for week in week out television, there's not really anything better than the Miz holding a strap when he comes to the ring every week. You know what I mean? Like I just I think overall it's a especially better... that you would think that that win would make it so that he would pass and be the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Uh, it's a great point, man. <laughs> it's a great point. Although more than likely what is going to happen is he's going to 
he's going to either win at WrestleMania and lose the next night on Raw, or he's going to lose at WrestleMania and win it back. Back the Raw. next night on Raw. Actually, that might be that might be even better. That might actually be the best way to do it is to let let Finn have the moment at WrestleMania and then have Miz get the heat back the following night. That actually might be a better way to go about doing it. And obviously, all of this is happening with the shadow of another superstar shakeup looming, right? Like that we don't know what the game plan is and who's going where. And so there is that sort of thing that still looms beyond WrestleMania. But yeah, I would say that's the one that I'm most, I, I'm, I'm amped up for anything that involves Braun and Finn or it's Braun and Elias. Sorry, because that's just what I need more of in my life. I need it. I, I, I want to breathe in that air so badly. <laughs> I just want to, I, I want to be an extra on the set of that buddy cop movie. I want, everything that I possibly can out of Braun and Elias because they're gold, they're perfection. Um, but the match that I'm most amped for, I think, is ultimately uh, that one that we're talking about. It, it, are you worried at all that it's not Elias, by the way? No, because I know if it's not Elias, it'll probably be someone like Bray or someone I would have never thought of like that I would actually be excited to team with Braun. Um, so, like... Uh, I think that would be a good spot for them or the Daniel Bryan Shane because you don't know what's going to happen with Shane for real. Um, that would be a good spot to like do the moment that they like to do when they bring somebody back that nobody expected to see. Okay, I mean you're right. I just it wouldn't be as good as Elias. <laughs> I mean, like you're right. Nothing. Nothing. I could else. also see Elias win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yeah, well you know how I feel about that. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to go that much further with it. All right, uh, one more, the, the the build this week. And I'm going to get back to Ronda Rousey a little bit later on in the show because I don't know if you heard uh, the clip of her on first take. Um, yeah. But the build right now with, with her and with Triple H and Stephanie, what did you think of them trying to use the, the video package this week to try to further you know spread this dichotomy of Triple H and Stephanie being – corporate and ronda rousey what did you make of that 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 sort of build um from this past week on raw um i mean i didn't really pay much i didn't pay much attention to that the thing that stuck out to me about ronda's uh segment is this was the first time that i actually saw that like i believe that she could actually work oh, that's a, a good point yeah that's a good point um when she did that move where she threw mandy rose over her head um and then she does. She like act like she's gonna break her arm. There was just there was some good. There were some good spots that looked really good for her and made me made her as a wrestler more believable in my mind. That's a good point. So that's what I take from that more than anything. So it did actually make me more excited about the match. Are you still nervous about that? I know that was one of the things that you talked about when this all began was that you had some real trepidation about Ronda Rousey in the ring. Man, I hope she can work. And she, I mean, there's no reason to say why she shouldn't be able to, but. You never know, and um, from what I had seen before, then I was justified in my thought process. Right. But she's uh, she's been able to this past week on Raw. She was able to you know at least look respectable in the moves that she was doing um, to the point that a match that's mostly going to be carried by Triple H and, and Kurt Angle. We're going to be able to see Ronda and Stephanie have some good moments as well. Yeah, and I think the real question is, does she make herself viable that we can build towards some of the things that we've talked about, like a potential female main event at SummerSlam, right? Like, does she come out of this looking viable enough that we could start to talk about her versus Asuka or her versus Charlotte in a main event situation uh, going towards SummerSlam? I mean, the best way that if they really wanted to do it, the best way that they could do this is have... Um, 
Oscar beat Charlotte, have Carmella cash in on Oscar so that Carmella takes the belt from Oscar. So then that's how Oscar loses her first match. She had she works a little she works a little program with Carmella for a couple months before she gets the belt back. Then she's dominant, defending her title till SummerSlam. All the while, you have Ronda Rousey going back and forth, uh, or you have Ronda Rousey come in and she'll be undefeated going into SummerSlam. You have Ronda versus Oscar. You probably have Ronda win that match, and then you have. Ronda hold the belt until WrestleMania, and you set up Ronda Charlotte that way. That's the best way for them to do it. Okay. Now, now does that work out that way? I don't know, but that's the best way for them to do this. I, I hear you. I, I wonder if they'd be willing to pull the trigger on Asuka losing so quickly, although she's got to lose at some point, I, I think. I, I still think that's the case anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's important. It's important that she comes out of this looking good, looking strong, looking like someone who's viable. Uh, moving towards SummerSlam. So we'll see how that goes. Anything else from Raw that jumped out at you this week? Uh, nope. All right, well, then let's grab a break here. When we come back in, we'll talk about SmackDown and uh, some nervous moments right now is nobody really knows exactly where Shane McMahon is and whether or not he'll actually be ready to go for WrestleMania. But we'll talk about that and everything else from uh, SmackDown this week. Aaron's out, but I'm Glenn, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Out. They say you're only as strong as the company you keep. The U.S. Army keeps you in strong company. If you want to stand out, the Army can give you the training you need. To take advantage of the strong options waiting for you, visit GoArmy.com. You may qualify for up to a $40,000 signing bonus. Start your future today at www.GoArmy.com impact. They're strong, then there's Army Strong, paid for by the United States Army. Segment number two of Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, alongside the main event, AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. All right, sir. Well, um, lots to talk about from SmackDown this week. And, you know, we're playing Shinsuke Nakamura's music, so I guess let's start there. Um, you and I, you know, off the air, you said you thought this was Nakamura's best promo, and I, no, I don't know how that's arguable. I thought it was great. Outside of a weird, the, like the last thing that he said, you know, where he said, uh, AJ Styles, you are too emotional. Like, that that didn't play as like a big final line. And, you know, I, I'm willing to give there's a learning curve there for somebody whose English is the second language, right? Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm willing to give that. But the entirety of the situation, and really the, the interesting way... The ending was fantastic. Right. How he lined it up like he was going to give him the Kinshasa and then stopped. Knee to face. Yes. And then pressed him on the head. Yes. Amazing. Yes. And that was the first segment that I, like, don't get me wrong. Shinsuke does more in the ring, more than enough in the ring and charismatic-wise to be, the, to be the, a legitimate WWE champion. Correct. And he has a following that is legitimately... Uh, of the level of a WWE champion. 
he is a mega over. He is, if not the most over guy in the company, definitely top three. Now, that being said, this was the first segment where I felt like he, as a performer, not in the ring, not during his entrance, but as a character on the show, could carry the show as the heavyweight champion. Right. That, that he added context to his character. Yes. This week. I, I think it's... I think it's weird. Now, I understand why they're doing it is because I don't think they want to turn either one of these guys heel. So when you're not going to turn one of these guys heel, you have no other option but to sort of go with the mutual respect um, play between the Correct. two leading up to the match. In a way, though, I feel like it's taken away from... You know, like, blood feuds create the best spectacles leading into a WrestleMania match, right? Like, when you get yeah. the feud that has just been boiling and just simmering. But this isn't, the thing is, Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar is, is being built as a blood feud. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss is viewed as a blood Correct. feud. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, Uso's New Day Bludgeon Brothers is built as a blood feud. But... There's a bunch of matches every year at WrestleMania that are literally just billed as dream matches. And right. that's this year you got Shinsuke versus AJ Styles. Um, you also have um, the Intercontinental title match, which is, I mean, nobody says it's a dream match because it's a triple threat match, but it's The Miz, who's arguably the greatest Intercontinental champion of all time. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, who are arguably the two best workers in the world. I'm two of them, no question about that. I, I know, but there's a little bit more. There's there's a heel face thing happening there. It's just one one heel and two faces. This is it's it's different in that it's difficult when you do something like this with two faces to add context to it. And I but li- they've done right, and 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 that's to their credit. I like them doing the role of. I want you at your best. You need to be in my corner. I really like that. I thought that was very good. I thought that did add context of, look, this match is as important to us as it is to everybody else. Now, that in somebody could argue it takes away from the championship in the process, right? Like, you know, if, if it's all about the match and the matchup, then do you really care all that much about the championship? Because if you're going for the championship, aren't you supposed to be willing to do everything that it takes? If you care so much about the championship, aren't you supposed to be willing to do whatever you have to do in order to come away with the championship at the end of the night? And I do think that's an interesting, you know, story that you're telling. I don't buy into that at all because it's WrestleMania and it's the WWE title. I don't have to oversell that. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, you're not wrong about that, that it's the titles at stake. I, I mean, uh, there's there's only been – there hasn't even – I was going to say there's, this is what, WrestleMania 34 or 35? 34, 34, yeah. So there hasn't even been 34 WWE title matches at WrestleMania. Okay. I mean, you're right. Like, that, that, that is a huge deal. Um, It is. You're not wrong. I still – I, look, I'm, I'm saying I'm not the one complaining about it. I'm trying to present a devil's, you know. I feel you. I, I think there is something to be said for this. Is why I wanted so badly Jericho Owens for the title last year, right? Because the biggest things in the world to me are the one guy versus the other guy. Gen- oh, you mean, oh, you mean uh, you said feud of the year, right? Yeah, correct. Everybody knows that it was the feud of the year. Everybody's very aware. Feud of the year from uh, 2017. Um, or 2016, I guess it was at that point. Everybody knows that. Come on, dude. 
Um, no, but, you know, that's why I wanted it so badly. I so badly wanted that because it was everything in a championship match. This isn't that, which is fine. It's okay to be different, and they've done a really good job in presenting it as something different. I think the next level of context is, do you care so much about the competitive nature of the match that the title is secondary? And I'd almost be interested in seeing if they they use that in the storytelling in the match. Like, is there a moment where they have AJ Styles sort of like, you know, hurt, maybe banged up, but Shinsuke refuses to cover him in that situation because it's about proving that you were the better competitor and that you were the deserving one to win this match. Like, those are the types of things that I think would be interesting in the storytelling. Um, I don't think you're going to get that at all. I think you're just going to get a five-star classic and you're going to sit down and marvel at the, what you just well, saw. Yeah, ultimately, I kind of don't really give a shit because I'm getting Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> and AJ Styles in one <laughs> ring together, right? Like, I really don't give a flying fuck exactly what they do because I'm just going to high-five everybody around me and there's going to be tons and tons and tons of jizz. So and we're going to have to find your pants. Correct. Oh, you think I'm wearing pants? You think after a day of drinking in New Orleans I'm even going to be wearing pants? That's not a law down there. You can do whatever the F you want in New Orleans. No right. chance I'm wearing pants at any point on that on that day. Um... So with that out of the way, the other big storyline, I don't know what we make of this. Shane McMahon had a real-life medical emergency this week, and a pretty fucking big one. Yeah. Diverticulitis. As in the thing that kind of ruined Brock Lesnar and his mixed martial arts career once upon a time. And I want to repeat that. The thing that ruined Brock Lesnar. (laughs) Who I'm not sure if you've noticed looks like a human fucking tank. Yeah. And he was wrecked by diverticulitis. Now, granted, he went untreated with diverticulitis for a very long time. And, and that's, that's fair. And that and right, it was eating away at his uh, what is colon. I mean, it was just it was wrecking him. So it is a little bit different. That's a good point. But I'm really struggling at this point. I know this is a man that literally defeated death in a, a, a helicopter crash just a few months ago. But I, I am really struggling with Shane McMahon, diverticulitis, getting into a ring next week and at WrestleMania to be part of a tag team match. Now, and that's that. That's a good. That's a good part to think about because let's say because of the diverticulitis, Shane actually can't wrestle in WrestleMania. Right. Who do you think is going to be the person that replaces? Him? Okay, so I want to go through all these possibilities before we get there. All right. Okay. So I want to touch on a couple of things. One, is it possible that they try to work an angle where Shane wants to prove how tough he is, so he's going come hell or high water to be. Daniel Bryan's tag team partner for the match and he's going to show up and he's going to walk out there and he's just going to be too weak to do anything and now heroic Daniel Bryan has to face both of them himself and it allows him to be an underdog again and to be hero of the day Daniel Bryan is there any chance that despite the fact they know Shane McMahon can't perform at Wrestlemania they don't alter the match in any way have him walk down to the ring act like everything's good and he just can't go and now Daniel Bryan has to do it all by himself. Possibly. I think Shane's eating the pin though. Okay. If he's Shane's eating the pin. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, then I can see that. Cause I could see even still like Shane being, you know, too, too smart for his own or too dumb for his own good to, 
you know, too braggadocious, he decides to tag himself in late in the match and says, I'm good, I'm fine, I can do this, and ends up getting pinned in the pro. I could see something like that. I think the next option would I just be— don't, I just don't see an option where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are fired. Right. I understand what you're saying. I guess my, my, the next option to me would be, do you somehow make it just a triple threat match, and if Daniel Bryan wins, they're both fired? You could. You know, do you go there? I, I guess my, my thought would be, I don't think there's anything you can do at this point. I don't think there's a, there's a logical tag team partner for Daniel Bryan that you can enter into this storyline and have it make sense and have it you know, be, be reasonable with these two guys' jobs on the line. I just don't... Who is that? Who right now would step in and say, I want to be the guy that fights to fire these two dudes. And I get that you can say, hey, look, the entire locker room hates them because of what they did back at Survivor Series, but you're asking people to go all the way back to Survivor Series in order to to jump onto that. Who right now, considering how fucking shitty Shane McMahon, and that's part of the problem with having Shane McMahon be such a goddamn heel in this process, who reasonably steps in and says, no, I side against them, they're in the wrong, despite the fact that the guy who's supposed to be running the company has screwed them um, repeatedly in the last couple of weeks. See, the thing is, there's nobody that can step in in that role. Um, but there are people that can step in as just, this is Daniel Bryan's buddy, so he's going to have his back. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can see and one that. of those people is CM Punk. Um, it would be fucking unbelievable. <laughs> like, it would be uh, completely unbelievable. It would it would be full circle. Member of WrestleMania in New Orleans was when is the reason why CM Punk left. Left, right, P- correct. Um, I, look, I don't believe it's going to happen, particularly because we know that Punk still is getting another fight and is going that route. And I, I just don't, I don't see that in any world happening. I also, I would really struggle with CM Punk's character aligning himself with Shane McMahon. Like, that that doesn't work at all in any way, right? Like, I mean, how how can you make that work? Well, more so aligning himself with Daniel Bryan. Well, I, I get it, I, but I think the Daniel Bryan part is the part that you can make work. You can make it work that CM Punk is Daniel Bryan's buddy, but Daniel Bryan is kind of doing Shane McMahon's bidding right now, and it's really hard to escape that. Like, it's really hard to escape why it is that... You know, you'd have to really sell that CM Punk was angry about what they did to Daniel Bryan and laying him out last week, and the fact that he just showed back up a week later and he was fine, you know, kind of makes that even a tough sell. Like, he's fine. He's ready to go for this match. Why Why does CM Punk need to ride in and be the White Knight? And, and so, I, look, I would really struggle with that because I don't think you can separate it from Shane McMahon. I don't think that Daniel Bryan necessarily needs CM Punk right now, and I don't think that for his character, if he were to make a return, it would make sense for CM Punk to step in that way. Then, then, who, then you know who the next best option is, right? Well, the next best option. Um, no, who is the next best option? Kane. Ha. <sighs> um. <laughs> I had given he, that no thought. Team Hell No. Down. For the win. I, I don't hate it. Like, let me start with that. I sure as shit don't hate it. Um, it sort of doesn't make a lick of sense either. But fuck it, why not? Right? Like, 
that would almost be the ultimate one. Like, I, Kane is so transformational. Like, you can use him as a heel one week and use him as a face literally the exact same week, and no one would seem to give a shit or know the difference at this point. Like, if he's doing the Undertaker's bidding, then he's a face, right? <laughs> like, if you're aligning yourself with the Undertaker, then you're a face, except for the fact that everything we've seen from Kane in the last six months would suggest he's not a face. And he was working against John Cena, which isn't supposed to be a, a face thing. I don't know, man. It's weird as shit, but yeah, fine. Give me give me Kane and Daniel Bryan because it would just be fun as as all hell. And Kane doesn't really like anyone. You don't really need to sell him on the idea that he would want Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn fired. Like, who does Kane like? Why would why would he have any problem being the one that led to those getting fired? So you know what? I can't believe you've done this, but shit, you've sold me. You've sold me. I'm good. Make it Kane. By all means, make it Kane. And go from there. I, I, it's, it's weird. It makes no sense. But I still think it's more likely they just leave it alone. I still think the ultimate, the most likely scenario is they just say, the hell with it. Shane comes out, and he valiantly tries and can't do it, and it allows Daniel Bryan. It, we talked about this last week, that underdog, Daniel Bryan is better as an underdog. Well, if all of a sudden it's two-on-one, that really does help in selling Daniel Bryan as the underdog. And, and I know you don't need any help getting people behind him, but it gives him what's made Daniel Bryan so great over the years is now he's in a one-on-two impossible situation, and that's what Daniel Bryan does best is one-on-two impossible situations. And as much as you say you don't think those guys can get fired, again, we're assuming there's a superstar shakeup a week later. So if they get fired from SmackDown, there's no reason why they can't be on Raw a week later. So I don't think it's impossible that those guys could lose this match. I just don't I just don't see them losing. I just don't. I just I think that they've been the focal point of SmackDown for what, six months? Yeah. I just don't like even with AJ Styles holding the WWE title, the focal point of SmackDown has been Kevin Owens and right. Sami Zayn. And Shane McMahon. You're right. You're right. Is there any is there a world in which they get fired, but yet Shane McMahon is no longer in power and Daniel Bryan wants to go back to being a full-time wrestler, so there's a new power authority who takes over on SmackDown and he just quickly hires them back? That could be CM Punk. Um, man, you are really trying to get me to get on board with CM Punk showing up somehow. <laughs> you are really trying to win me over on this. Uh, I'm not willing to give that to you. But it would be great. It would certainly be great if that was the case. All right, what else jumped out at you? From I guess we finally made it official. We all knew that it was going to be the triple threat for the, threat for the tag team belts. Now that's official as of this week, and it should be just spectacular. I mean, it should be uh, goddamn. It's probably going to be the best match of the night. I mean, I mean, you you can't really comp- tag team matches are always usually better than singles matches because there's more guys. You can do more stuff. Right, you can uh, have multiple things happening at one time. It can be more. It can be more entertaining because of that. So, like, I think there's no doubt in my mind. I'm expecting this match to be the best match on the card, period. Now, I think that singles match, singles match, uh, I would, you know, it's obviously Shinsuke and AJ or Brock and Roman. or I mean, technically, you could throw the triple threat in there, too. But, like, I'm expecting this match to be the best match of the night. So, like, I am so excited for that match. I... I, I look. It's. I think it's going to be perfection. I think it's going to be brilliant. And you're right. Um, the inherent advantages of a of a, a match like this, so you can spend like six weeks in the lab cooking up something amazing, so that you can have two guys off somewhere, two other guys off somewhere else. I mean, it's it it should be perfection, and it should be the best one of. I I, I think the best of the night. 
um, it's going to be hard not to be, depending on how much time they're willing to give them and whether they're willing to let them stay. They better the get at least 20 minutes or I'm going to be mad. Right, right. Uh, by the way, there, I, just, I was just doing you know, poking around a little bit. There are people who think the Shane McMahon health thing is a work. There are people, like, they've really sold it. He doesn't really have diverticulitis. Yeah, there are people that think that. I, I mean, there are, there are people that think the Holocaust didn't happen. Okay, fair enough. You're right about that. I mean, like, there are people that are plugged in that aren't Alex Jones that think that. That's Yeah, but that's kind of a, a shitty move by WWE. No, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. I do agree. But my God, it would be an incredible sell, right? Like, I mean, yeah. It would be an incredible sell. Everybody's not worried about Shane's health, like, legitimately. No like, doubt. No doubt. Uh, anything else that jumped out at you from this week on uh, SmackDown? I, you know, I, I... I told you guys a month ago that Rusev was going to get added to this match. And oh, yeah, and he's going to win the U.S. Four. title. Yeah, and that makes the most sense. It does. It really does make the most sense for that. <laughs> and now, and like, here's the thing. What's the craziest part about it is that, like, even though a triple threat match, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, was probably going to be fantastic. Oh, no question. Now people, now people actually are, like, emotionally invested in that match because of Rusev. And that allows him a big face push coming out of that. If I, I, I if he wins, right? If he wins, exactly. If he wins, I think you get him. I'm a, still leaning right now towards Bobby Roode turning heel and winning that match. Oh, well, that's interesting. I still think the most bang for the buck that you get there is Jinder Mahal winning. I agree, but you know, if if you're willing to give Rusev a big face push, and I would like to think that they were um i would be really really excited to see them have him win the belt and sort of go from there and um and get that uh, that big face push coming out of it and it could also just be randy orton retaining because he doesn't lose that is a good point he is randy orton that's a great great <laughs> point all right you do realize you do realize randy orton since daniel bryan's been retired he's only lost i think one match at wrestlemania or since he wrestled, the Daniel Bryan match he had at WrestleMania was the last time he lost at WrestleMania, I think. Phew. I did he not beat, realize he, that. He beat Seth Rollins in 31. 32 in Dallas. Who who did he face? Uh, here, I'll tell you in one second. And they are in WrestleMania 32. I, I, I don't, I, they all run together for me, man. I apologize. Like, I wish I could. Well, I mean, I don't, I couldn't remember either. Right. Um, he, oh, remember he had been hurt going into WrestleMania 32, and so he didn't end up having a match, but he came but he back. A match at 32. Right. At 33, he beats Bray Wyatt. Right. For the WWE title. 34, he's defending the U.S. title. I mean, the guy's probably going to win. Yeah, you know what? We are pretty stupid if we don't pick that, aren't we? <laughs> we are really <laughs> stupid. Like, this is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, I think the best thing you can do is have Jinder Mahal win the title. I'm going to end up picking that, and I'm going to feel like a complete effing idiot when I knew all along that Randy Orton was going to win the match. Like, I'm just... It's because, going to be... I like I always say to people, you can't change every title at WrestleMania. No. Oh, Lord, no. No, that would be terrible. So, like, as of right now, the only titles that I think are definitely not changing... 
the Raw Tag Team Titles and the um, Intercontinental Title. I think Miz is going to retain that. Okay. Okay. But like every other match could go either way. Correct. Correct. One hundred percent. And even and even the Miz Triple Threat match could honestly go anyway. Yeah, it's particularly laying out the snare that we talked about earlier, where it would just be for one night, right? No, you're right. You're hundred percent right, and so you can't have every single one change over the course of the weekend. Somebody's Somebody. somebody's got to defend their belt, um, and this would make a whole heck of a lot of sense to be an easy way to have you do that. It got a bunch of guys into a match. I just, I, I wish, I'm worried that we're gonna feel. Remember how bummed I was. Remember, I, look, I, nobody's trying to take away from how great the New Day have been. But remember I told you two years ago I thought they should be shifting the guys from the New Day into bigger things. Yeah. And you were telling me, hey, they got time to do that. Well, here we are two years later and they haven't done that. It just never happened. Now, all that You're being right. said. What they have done in the time in the in the time being though is made them arguably correct. the greatest. The, the New Day has been unbelievable. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to take away from that. They've been unbelievable. But I, I worry that they had a chance to capitalize on something even bigger. And I guess I would say the same thing when it comes to Rusev. You have the opportunity right now to really catch lightning in a bottle, and it seems like you're afraid of it. It just seems like they're afraid to go all in on Rusev and to say, dude, listen to these crowds. They're losing their effing minds. They love him. And it just feels like they're afraid, whether it's because he's from another country, whether it's because I I don't know why. It just feels like they're afraid to really run with that and get everything they possibly can out of the fact that people are so in on Rusev at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think the, re- the only reason he's in he's in this match because of how hot he is right now. Like, otherwise, he would have been in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Okay, that's true. And uh, Aiden English is probably still going to be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yeah, probably true. Um, but, uh, you, I don't know, man. Like, I... To me, the I'm glad they made it a fatal four way because it differentiated it from the Intercontinental Belt. But realistically speaking, anybody could win that match, man. And I don't know, I don't know if Rusev like Rusev winning is obviously huge, but Rusev not winning isn't the end of the world either. Um, I I agree as long as they have a plan for him, and that's always the issue that I have in these situations is that. I think if you've got a plan for Rusev and capitalizing on what you have, if ultimately all you really had with Rusev was let's do Rusev day and then nothing, you know, if it's just that, like that's all you had, that's a bummer to me because I think that they are more, dude, I, you can make fun of me all you want. He is effing amazing on Total Divas. My God, he's incredible. He makes, I mean, great. He makes that show. Like it is it is perfection. The day he was outside grilling naked was just like, I just wanted to stand up and, and clap. And I, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like there's so much there that they're, they're just sort of scratching the surface with. They know it's there. They know it's there, but they're only willing to go so far. Yeah. But the thing is, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets what he has coming anyway. I hope you're right about that. About that. You're right. All right, um, let's uh, grab a break. When we come back in, the Hall of Famer, the soon-to-be Hall of Famer, that is, man who will be inducted into the Hall of Fame next weekend, the great Mark Henry is going to join us here on Jobbing Out uh, to, uh, to talk about that, to talk about his appearance out in Hagerstown this weekend. And I'm definitely asking him something about May Young's Tutti Frutti edible panties. I'm definitely doing something like that. All right, uh, we'll come back in. We'll do that. I'm Glenn. He is AJ. This is Jobbing Out. Jobbing Out. 
When I think about things that have over-delivered in my life, I think about blueberry pie Oreos, I think about the first Kingsman movie, and now I think about hammer and nails in the Owings Mills Metro Center. My first trip to the Ultimate Man Cave Nirvana blew me away. When I got there, I went to the back room. Oh, this is where the magic happens. I got my first ever manicure and pedicure treatment. It was so relaxing. I understand why a lot of guys actually fall asleep back there. The seat was custom crafted for my comfort. I had a flat screen in front of me with noise-canceling headphones so I could watch whatever game I wanted to, and I was even sipping on a nice adult beverage. Then I went out, and Tracy hooked me up with a really stylish haircut. She took care of me with the shampoo treatment, the hot steam towel. You can even get the Close Edge Razor Shave, all at Hammer & Nails Owings Mills. Memberships are available. They make a great gift. On Mondays, you can rent out Hammer & Nails for your corporate event. Trust me when I tell you, this is an experience all guys must have. Hammer & Nails, grooming shop for guys, now open in the Owings Mills Metro Center. Back in here for segment number three. It is jobbing out. Glenn Clark alongside the main event. AJ Francis, the Washington Redskins. AJ, yeah, uh, you might have to cast aside main event status for a moment because our next guest not only is the world's strongest man, he is just days away from entering the WWE Hall of Fame. Plenty of people have entered the Hall of Pain. Now he gets to enter the Hall of Fame, but not before he comes to our neck of the woods, South Hagerstown High School, on Saturday night for a great event that's being put together by both ACW. You know we're buddies with James Ellsworth and also Big Time Wrestling. They are combining for an amazing show on Saturday night, and the great Mark Henry is going to be a part of it. He joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Mark, it's an honor, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Man, thank you all for having me on the show, man. I I, I guess I can uh, let the cat out of the bag. Um, I think the title of the book is, is narrowed down but I, I like from Hall of Pain to Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a, I would make that the title of the book. I would go ahead and do that, man. Hey, uh, let's handle the business uh, before we get into all the things we need to talk to you about. So, of course, AJ plays for the Redskins. You are not a Washington Redskins fan in any way. No. Me and Peter Rosenberg have this ongoing thing, just like my one of my best friends and He's the biggest Redskins fan in the world, and I'm the biggest Cowboy fan in the world. But we, we still it's, got love for each other. Despite our, yeah, our it's, 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 it's crazy when we go down to whenever I play in Dallas how many Redskins fans there actually are in Texas. Oh, it's a, it's a ton. Texas is full of um, uh, Redskins, um, Steelers, and Cowboys. Uh, it used to be the Oilers, a lot of Oilers territory. Sure. When they, when they went to the Texans, then, uh, I mean, uh, um, the Titans, they kind of lost a lot of people. No doubt, man. You know, uh, AJ's own father is actually like a lifelong Cowboys fan. and so That is true. I was going to say, there's a lot of, if it makes you feel better, there's a lot of Cowboys fans in D.C. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's been some awkwardness there, too, man. There's been a lot of, a lot of uh, shaking. Yeah, I, I, I had to post last year before we played the Redskins. I posted, I mean, uh, the Cowboys. I posted a picture on my Instagram of me as a kid in my Emmitt Smith jersey. So it's still cool. You know what I'm yeah, right. That's cool, man. Oh, yeah, that's the one you hold over your head forever. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, uh, Mark, I, I mean, obviously we're excited to have you in town this weekend, but we're so much more excited for you that, uh, that you're going into the Hall of Fame and, and how deserving it is, what an unbelievable career you have had. And we've got a ton of things to talk to you, but can you just take me through what this means to you that, uh, that you're getting this opportunity to be celebrated in New Orleans next weekend? You know what, man? It's, it's like um, all the work that I did, all the pain, all the misery that I endured, it's paying off. It's like, it's, I mean, I, I can't put it any other way than the fact that I feel a sense of accomplishment, which is hard for me because I'm kind of a perfectionist and I'm the guy that's willing to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and start before everybody because I don't want nobody to get a, a, a jump on me. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't have been a world champion in three sports if if I rested on my laurels. I trained like I didn't have talent my whole life. And those are the kind of people that I try to uh, put in my circle because I, I, I don't want to be around mediocrity. Well, you held it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, like going back and looking. Like I've, I've looked this up before um, when I was in uh, high school because it was crazy to me. Uh, you at one point, I believe, held the record for squat in the state of Georgia for high school athletes. What was that number? Uh, the heaviest high school squat I ever did in a competition was eight thirty-two. What the? F- and the, uh, oh the heaviest God. squat that I did. Uh, out of training in high school was 845. <laughs> and um, during that time, like, I wish that I had pushed myself more because I could do more, but I just was afraid. Oh. And uh, it took for me to uh, meet Dr. Terry Todd and uh, at the University of Texas to kind of, you know, kind of break that, that fear and say, you're only limiting yourself. And it was, it was kind of like one of those uh, Matrix type of deals where, <clears throat> excuse me, I was, I was Neo. I just, I just didn't believe. Jesus and uh, once they, the training that I started to, to get, I, the more I believed in myself and the better I got, and here we are. Yeah, yeah, here we are indeed. Holy it's crazy. Well, I want to I put that in perspective because – the most I've ever squatted in my life is 650 pounds, and I've never been less than top five strongest guys on a team that I played on in the NFL. Never. And he was doing 835 <laughs> in high school. That's so nuts. That's so nuts, man. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. And it, Mark, okay, but, so you know, with the good, you, you got to take the, you got to take the good with the bad. And I was horrible in the bench press. Um. And I mean, I, I say that term relatively that uh, I was horrible because, um, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I was competing against the best people in the world. But I have very long arms, and um, for me to, to do a five uh, a five eighty five bench, I came in dead last. Wow, and and it was that was always depressing to me when I when we had to, when we finished the squad and had to go to the bench. <laughs> I was just like, God, yeah, you I'm made it up enough ground with your legs, so yeah. you're good to go. Yeah, I think you were all right. Oh my God, Mark yeah. Henry's but with. Thank me. God for the deadlift. Whenever the <laughs> yep. deadlift came, it was all it was the Mark Henry show. Everybody they shut down everything and let everybody come watch me lift. 
You know, I would tell you guys what it is that I could lift, but I don't want to embarrass you. So I'm just going to. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> don't. Don't embarrass us. Yeah. Mark, um, you know, I think this is the thing. So when we got the news that you're going to the Hall of Fame, my, my initial reaction was, one, amazing. But then I said back, and AJ can attest to the fact that I said, but, dude, that's not okay because I don't want to live in a world where we're not getting more Mark Henry in our lives because, amazingly, like a fine wine – your career has just progressively gotten better and better and better. And, and you as a performer, we always knew what you were capable of doing and being a badass. But the, the, the sort of layers of the onion that you peel back as a performer have continued to just really blow us away. Please tell me this doesn't mean we're never going to see Mark Henry, the performer, again at some point in the future. I can't say never because... There's been, you know, I got a little Brett Favre in me. But, um, <laughs> right now, like, I'm not thinking about it. Like, I mean, I think I did enough. I don't want my skills seen in a diminished state. Um, I would have to hit my head for me to change my mind. I, I just, you know, I, I've studied wrestling, and very few people – other than Rick Flair, Pat Patterson, and maybe Sergeant Slaughter, wrestled into their 50s and still looked like they looked when they were young. And I don't want to be one of those guys where people have film on me and I, I look like I couldn't do all the things that I used to do in hmm. the ring. I just I, I, I care about my legacy that much. I understand that, and I respect that. And what's, what's crazy to me is that, like, you say that, but, like, there's such a subtle, nuanced difference between heel Mark Henry circa 2008-2009 and Hall of Pain Mark Henry that, quite frankly, revolutionized, like, big men for a, a time in WWE. Um, when they told you that you were going to get the belt from Randy Orton, how did that feel? Well, it, it wasn't so much of a me feeling a certain way about doing business and any any error. Um, you know, I I earned my, my titles. Like my yes. titles weren't given to me. Uh, my 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 level of, of um, I guess you can consider it greatness at that time uh, was a byproduct of the fact that how hard I worked. It, it wasn't so much a um, you know somebody telling me I was gonna I was going to get it. It's like I, I, I earned it. Like I, I went. Hell yeah. And there was no big guy other than Big Show and Kane that were working at the same work rate that I was working at. When I say work rate, I mean 20-minute matches against the best guys. And I'm talking about from 2007 to 2013 of working – near 200 nights a week. I mean, 200 nights a year. Yeah. So my work rate was really, really high. And, you know, I had a few injuries here and there, but nothing ever really kept me gone for more than three or four months at a time. Oh, dude, you were killing it. It was insane. And it, it, you know, By the way, Mark Henry is going to be Saturday night in Hagerstown for this huge event with ACW and BTW. You can go to btwtickets.com right now to get your tickets. It's a loaded card. Mark, Mick Foley, Emma, our buddy James Ellsworth, the Hurricane, they're all going to be there. It's going to be an incredible, incredible night. 
out it's in gonna Hagerstown. It's going to be like a family reunion. It's so cool. Dude, it's so cool. I mean, it's, it's such an amazing event that you guys are putting on. Mark, look, I'm a little bit leery of what you're telling me about, you know, being done because um, we've been duped by you before. Um, yep. <laughs> and and in and in fairness, you were it it created one of the greatest moments in the history of professional wrestling, and I stand Top by this. One hundred moments in raw history. I, I, I mean, I would say. I would have it higher on that list. AJ, you know how much I, I'm marked out. Me too. It, it was this moment. I, I can't get over the perfection of what you delivered that night. Can you take me through how that whole thing came about and, like, when you knew that it was going to get the response that it ended up getting? You know what? I can't take all the credit because um, I had a partner in crime. His name is Vincent McMahon. Yeah. And <laughs> I had actually said, Vince, I'm done. Uh I can't do it. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm competing at the level that I'm willing to compete at, that I want to be, you know, looked at. And he was like, Mark, you're great. You're doing a good job. He was like, you know, you can do this. And I'm like, no, I can't. And I, I, I cut my hair. I was like, man, I'm done. And he was like, well, if that's how you feel. You know, I'm not going to push you. And probably about three or four months went by of me telling everybody bye. Like, I'm done. I'm retiring. Like, this is it. And I honestly was at that point. Probably about three months later, Vince guy got one of those calls to the office. (laughs) And Vince said, listen, um, I don't think you should go. He's like, you got a lot left in you, and let's uh, let's 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 go out here and, and um, you know do a retirement and return. We come back, and I, at first I laughed, and then the the moment that happened, I was able to foresee it, and I, I could see what he was saying that it. You know, it was one of those where everybody was already got. If you looked at ES, you know, how many wrestlers get on the ESPN sports sticker? Dude, you were tweeting Stephen A. Smith. It was perfection. <laughs> it was perfection. <laughs> I yeah, couldn't have picked up media to the hilt, man. Yeah. <laughs> and and when did you know? Like, okay, so you're in the moment. How difficult is it to not crack a smile? I know you're an amazing performer, so maybe you say, dude, I, you know, I, I can do this easily. But I, like, I feel like it would be so hard for me in that moment. Like, I really believed he was going to retire. Yes. Like, we were well, all. You, you, have to, you have to emotionally take yourself to a place to where that moment is real to you. That's, that's what uh, being a, a performer is. They don't call it Broadway for nothing. <laughs> um, I was emotionally there. That was my real retirement. Like, I really retired up until the point to where I had triggered in my mind when I was going to hug John and I was going to go back to being Mark Henry. And um, I made so many people mad. <laughs> <laughs> like, the people, the people that, like, really know me, like, they were like, you son of a, like, I, why would I'm sitting on the couch crying with my wife, and then you do this kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, well, I had to do it. Yeah, 
Oh, and it was perfect. It was perfection. It. it was again, again. The only bitter part for me is like I then I wanted so much more. Like I wanted, I wanted a twelve month that of Mark Henry running the company because. My God, it was just so amazing what you guys had accomplished that I could only imagine where it could have gone from there. Was that more you sort of saying, hey, look, I really did kind of want this to be the end at that point? You know what? Um, it, was, it was more me than, than everybody else, so I'm the one to blame. Um, as you can see, I, I only, after that series, you know, I have not worked that much. Yeah. And... There's the reason behind that is how I feel right now. Like, my physically, I was beat up. And secondly, I can see the difference in my abilities. And other people might not see it, but I can see it. And I care about my legacy, and I care about how the fans perceive me. I'm not going to give them a watered-down product. I'm just not going to do it. I respect that, man. do you th- do you think like it's been a while like Kane Undertaker Big Show we were spoiled for a long time you are a you are a big man but I, you're not really considered a giant you're six three six four these guys are you know six eight six nine six ten do, are you happy to see a giant back in the main like event picture like Braun Strowman is I am. And um, I, I also knew that I could not leave the business without adding something to it. So I was on the search for a big guy. And Braun Strowman was, was the one that I found. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm, I'm very proud. You know, I feel like a dad um, because I was able to give the business something that it didn't have because he didn't want to wrestle. He, he he used to enjoy watching it, but he he just was like I didn't know, I didn't even know that was possible, and I was like same thing with me, I was a big fan, but I didn't know it was possible that I could be a wrestler. I had no clue what it would entail, and uh, I'm I'm real blessed to be able to have you know Vince McMahon sought me out, and um, I felt like it was only fitting that I did the same thing and gave it back to him. That's so cool, man. I had no idea. What was Braun Strowman doing when you found him? He was a strong man. He was one of the uh, top ten strong men in America. Uh, he, I think he reached the top five a few times. And um, um, internationally, uh, he had some good showings, but he was so colorful and had so much personality. Yeah. Y'all don't have no idea. Like, they have not cracked the surface of what he is yet. Dude. Like, that dude is talented. And he used to entertain the hell out of me without even being a wrestler. So, and that's that is, uh, that's scary to think about. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. That's so cool. I think he can, he can be Stone Cold Rock-like. Wow. Wow. Wow, man. Like, he's, he's, he's a talented dude. He can talk. He's not afraid. He believes who he is. He's full of, man, he's fun. Like, that dude is, like, something else. Dude, the thing he did a couple and, weeks ago with the with the cello was one of the coolest things. I mean, it was just so great. And his whole interaction right now with Elias is perfect. Oh, my God, it's so good. Man, I, I, every time I see him say something, he's like, 
and she's going to get these hands, man, I just, well, start laughing. I can't help it. <laughs> it's just like, he, it's, he's the most entertaining thing in wrestling to me right now. That's so and I, I'm, a, I'm a big Randy Orton fan. People look at Randy like, they was like, oh, Randy is uh, not good as a baby face. He should be a heel and this and that. And, and then like you Randy hear a thousand is, million like, RKO chants every single time he steps through the curtain. Man, you can't you can't <laughs> not look at Randy Orton in the ring and see the the greatness that he is. He's smooth and smooth wrestlers normally are not good. The guys that can really wrestle and um, make everybody else look good, they normally like eh, middle of the road guy. Randy is always been from the first day of practice when I saw him show up in Louisville, Kentucky for Ohio Valley Wrestling. Uh, him, him, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, yeah. like uh, Dave Batista, like all of them. I remember their first day's practice. And to see where he is is not far from where he was when he first started. He's just a genetic freak. He was born to be what he is. And I think that it's, not, it's safe to say that he is better than his dad and he's better than his grandfather. And there's very few third-generation, second-generation wrestlers that were able to come into the industry and take over and where or take up where their fathers and, and grandparents, mothers, grandmothers, from that standpoint, being saying the rock, and better them. And Randy done that. Same thing with Dwayne. Like, they were yep. born to do it. They were born to be the best. And, you know, like I think in maybe five or ten years, people will realize what they've been able to see. And um, they'll say, you know, Randy Orton is one of the top five, top ten greatest wrestlers of all time. And what's crazy about Randy is that, like, the way he looks now, he could easily still be wrestling in ten years. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you yeah. wanted to. He... No doubt. When he first started, he, he kind of looked like a kid. Yeah. Now he looks like a grown man, like, and it's it's scary to think that he he got another ten years left in him. Uh, there's no doubt. Yeah, that that actually is crazy when you really think about that. No doubt. All he's already done. Um, Mark, yeah. I really, we really appreciate time. I know we got to let you go here in a minute. Before we do, I have to be the one to ask: um, as edible underwear goes, is tutti frutti the best flavor, or is there another flavor that you prefer? Man, I've never had that before. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that uh, the art of love needs anything extra. <laughs> um, how much? Okay, so I, people go when, when you do something like this in your career. Some people love to embrace it, and I know that you went back to it a couple times. But everything that went on with you and Mae Young, do you look back on it and say, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that? Or do you say, dude, people still love that to this day. I'm so glad I was able to be a part of that. Uh, man, I'm so honored. And, and and I felt privileged at the time to be able to work with her. And, man, I kissed her like I loved her. And I did. <laughs> and um, I'm proud of my work. Like, that every era. should be. Like, I, I stood out. There, I, there's no era where Mark Henry wasn't at the top. And you're right. It ain't a lot of people that was able to do that, and I'm proud of it. Oh, dude, you're a thousand percent correct. So, so the one question I always said if I got a chance to interview you, I would have to ask 
Did you get sexual chocolate from coming to America? Please tell me yes. Yes, I did. There you and go. And I, I, I yes! talked to Bloom, who, who wrote the movie, and uh, he did Beyond the Mat. And when I met him, I told him, I was like, hey, man, you, uh, you wrote sexual, you, you wrote uh, Coming to America. He said, yeah. And um, he said the same thing. He said, tell me that you got the name Sex and Chocolate from the movie. And I said, yes, I did. <laughs> Sexual. And he, oh. he was so honest. That boy good. So that boy good. Hey, good and terrible. Ain't he good? Good and awful. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. I effed it up. My bad. My bad. Oh, man. It's funny. Oh, that's so great. Um, Mark Henry, I cannot get over what uh, an honor it is to chat with you. Again, let's make sure everybody gets out. Saturday night, ACW and BTW in Hagerstown, South Hagerstown High School. Get to btwtickets.com right now. It's going to be an amazing event. Uh, What else can we plug for you, man? Social media, anything like that, a website that we can plug for you? You know what, man? People can reach out and find me at thmarkhenry on everything. And that's T-H-E, Mark Henry. Because uh, sometimes with my Texas vernacular, it sounds like I'm saying D. <laughs> but it's D, Mark Henry. And uh, you can you can hear me every week on Tuesdays and Fridays on Sirius XM Radio. Uh, I'm on a show called Busted Open okay, on yeah. Sirius XM 93. So tune in and hear my takes uh, on what ha- what's wrong with the world today. It's called Your Slip is Showing. And uh, for all y'all journalists out there, don't try, don't try to steal my shit. <laughs> uh, Mark Henry, seriously, dude, an honor. Uh, I love this conversation. We are huge, massive fans, and we can't wait to be there in uh, New Orleans to see you enter the, uh, the Hall of Fame. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. You're welcome, man. Y'all have a good one. Amazing. Amazing, amazing stuff from Mark Henry. Dude, I had no idea that fucking Mark Henry discovered Braun Strowman. I had no clue. Yeah, I, that's awesome. I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know that when I asked the question. Right, that I did. No, I thought that you were just sort of talking about general. They're being big dudes, but he's like, "Nah, man, I, that's my guy. I found him." I'm like, holy shit! I had no idea that that was Mark Henry's find, and he didn't need to sell us on Braun Strowman's amazing. But um, that was awesome. That was a really cool conversation. Really appreciate Mark Henry taking the time for us this week. Enjoyed doing that. And uh, by look- the way, uh, you actually had the. Coming to America line right. He had it wrong. I thought I had it right. God. God damn it. Now I'm pissed at myself. Now I'm pissed at myself that I didn't I didn't catch myself in that moment. I've said for years that at some point in my life I'm going to pull off a Prince Prince Akeem Halloween costume where it's top half Prince and bottom half Prince Akeem. Like at some point in my life, that is my ultimate Halloween costume that I want to accomplish before the day that I die. So no, what you got to do is you got to wear the pants of Prince Hakeem. Right. You have to wear the shoes of Prince Hakeem. You got to wear the shirt of Hakeem, the African dream. You got to wear the hat of Hakeem, the African dream. And then you got to wear the lion shawl. So now you want me to be Prince, Prince Hakeem Hakeem. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm down for that. I'm actually down to try to pull that <laughs> off somehow. And if anyone on the planet. Oh, was... well, yeah. So what you should do, actually, the pants should be. The pants should be like purple velvet. Right. Right. The pants should be purple velvet. Get some black loafers. What about like a um, Mc, about, like, like the McDowell's like, uniform, maybe? Bitter socks. A prince. Uh, the Akeem the African Dream shirt. Yeah. 
yeah. King the African Dream hat, and then the Lion Shaw, and then you would be a Prince, Prince, a King the African Dream. I'm that's that would be the most amazing costume ever, and nobody on the planet would get it. <laughs> um, but I really want to do it. Still, at some point, it would make me really happy if I could pull that off. We might need to make that a bet at some point that I that I would have to pay that off somehow and pull off. What an unbelievable costume that would be. But that was a great chat with Mark Henry. Appreciate him doing that. All right, a couple things, AJ, real quick, before we get out of here for the week that we haven't touched on. I do want to talk about, I mentioned it earlier, a weird week for Ronda Rousey doing media um, and trying to sell WrestleMania. Yeah, she uh, kind of came off like a dick. Yeah, a, a big time, like a dick. And more like, like I don't know what she thought. A child. Yeah. That's that's really the issue to me. Um, Ronda Rousey did a couple of hits on ESPN um, this week. Is ESPN? <laughs> she th- no, I can't go back in time. Yeah, that was what the fuck was that? Like, all right, I got. I'm gonna try to pull up the audio here, um, so that uh, so that you can hear it. Just how exactly awkward this was because it was painfully awkward. She did like t- Mike Golick can be an asshole sometimes, and he says things that are annoying, but like. He didn't really do anything in this situation. No. Like, this was just, I think, a, all these I thought, because there was an, also an awkward moment on first take, but all these I thought were, like, you know, kind of routine. You know what I mean? Like, you, you yeah. know, if you're, if you're going on ESPN as Ronda Rousey promoting WrestleMania, you know you're going to end up being asked about the fact that you lost at the end of your MMA career, right? Like, you, you know that's coming up. You, you can't think for a second like unless somebody had said come hell or high water you can't talk about this and i get that ronda hasn't liked talking about it and hasn't wanted to talk about it i understand that's been part of the story with ronda rousey but you know it's coming up when you do these appearances so you can't be this poorly prepared and come off this bad i think i've got the audio right here let me try to share it with you this is from um the show that used to be called Mike and Mike until they got rid of one of the mics, and now it's it's somebody that isn't Mike. Let's go back and, and start with when you knew from the the MMA when you were done there when you when you knew in your mind I'm not going to fight anymore. I never said that. Ah, so there is a possibility that you could go back in time. There's a possibility that I could go back in time? That's go, your question to me? Go back in time and, and, and fight. Go back in the octagon. I do not have the ability to go back in time, no. no. Would you fight? I mean, what the fuck was that? Like, I get that it was an awkwardly worded question from Golik. You know what I mean? Like, that, you know, so you could have the ability to go back in time. I know what he was trying to say. He's like, so you could have the ability to go back to the UFC and go back to fighting? That's what he was attempting to say. In 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 time, as in in the near future. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, it it was it was awkwardly phrased, but you would have to be incredibly stupid to not know what he was asking there. I mean, well, she did fight for a living. Fair. Okay. Fair. There's something to be said for that. But that was that was really uncomfortable. She didn't make matters any better when she showed up on first take later in the day. And Max Kellerman, who I thought was actually trying to protect her a little bit with the question that he asked, she was equally dickish towards him in this exchange later on in the day. Okay, Rhonda, what they didn't play in that preview that they heard Stephen A. and me talking about you was I said that you were a woman who, through your fighting, 
when it when you became such a big deal that when you lost, it's like the earth stopped spinning on its axis. And that's the part I chose to focus on after your loss in the W in the UFC. Like, why is everyone talking about, oh, my God, she lost. Is she over it? all these kind of things when you achieved such heights that one loss, the whole world stopped and noticed it? Why do you think there was a kind of negative backlash to you after the loss? Okay, I just want to, before we get to her answer, I don't think he could have protected her more in how he asked that yeah, question. Yeah, I mean, he was, he's clearly blowing her. Right, exactly. I, like, the the real question is, Ronda, what the fuck happened? Like, why why did you go from being the greatest fighter in the history of the planet to not being able to beat anyone? But he didn't ask that. He asked, and it's it's not an unfair question in any way. I'm not beating Max Kellerman up for it. He could not have protected her more as an athlete in the way that he asked the question. Hey, people lose. It, it happens all the time in fighting. Like, you know, there's one Floyd Mayweather. That's it, right? Like, there's nobody goes undefeated. There was Rocky Marciano. Nobody goes undefeated. People lose fights. Why do you think it was such a big deal? Okay, the, you know, it's, it's not an unfair question. It's maybe not the most pressing question, but here's her response. Um. In other words, people... That's what she had to offer back. In, you must be aware, in the, in the MMA world, there was a lot of talk, well, she was overrated, she was this, she was that, and my point of view was, at the time and remains, that you achieved amazing heights. Almost no one wins forever. Everyone suffers setbacks. But there seemed to be, like, an unusual amount of negative pushback after your loss. Did you, did you not experience that? Like, he's trying so hard. Right, right. He's trying so I experience a lot of people hard. who quote some people that are really just afraid to state their own opinion. Right, and so she's just got to be a dick back to that because I don't think – like he's doing everything in his power. You're right, AJ. He's doing everything in his power to try to make her look good with his question. Hey, look, you know, it's not the end of the world that you lost, right? Like everything's okay. I, I, he could not have been doing more to help her in that situation and yet she still felt the need to be needlessly dickish in her response. Yeah. And that's, um, I don't want to say that's, I was going to, that's not unbecoming of a woman. That's just unbecoming of a professional. Or general. somebody that's trying to sell being a face in a, prof- in a, you know, like you're supposed to be one of the top the faces, baby face, right? In all of professional wrestling at the moment, you might be ultimately in the main event of WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. You're supposed to be a likable character right now. You're supposed to be maybe not John. And what's funny to me is that she is what people, she, like, imagine if Roman Reigns acted like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Hey, you imagine make... Roman Reigns, who's been on all of these shows multiple times. Of course. Of course. Imagine if he did that, if he did anything close to this. I, I, I'm, I, dude, I am. I have no idea what to make of it. Look, Ronda's um, going to come out, and she's going to get probably the biggest pop, and they're going to chant her name for five minutes. And if she can't work, I'll blow her out the building. Um, right? No, I know you, you'll be you'll be the one doing that. Um, I don't know, man. It's real weird. It's it's real weird. This this re- it's like if you wanted to do with her the Brock Lesnar thing, and just have her be badass and have her be I don't give a fuck about anybody. This, now that could be what they're doing. Well, okay, but they haven't been doing that. On Raw, like they haven't, like I'm fine with that. I would be fine with that being the path for Ronda Rousey, and maybe in her heart of hearts, that's what's work. That that is truly what works best for her. That as a human being, her best character that she can develop is I don't give a fuck. 
I'm a fighter. Fuck all of you. I don't give a shit about your dumb questions. I don't care who you are. The whole thing. That might be in inside of her the best thing you can do. But that has not been what you've been doing with her character. Her character has been, aw shucks, I just want to earn my keep, and I love you guys, and smile, 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 smile. They've been way more John Cena with her on TV than they have been Brock Lesnar with her. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem. The, the thing is, honestly, with how her character should be portrayed, if she's the female Brock Lesnar, right? this is what she should do on ESPN. Uh, and I'm fine I, with Again, if that's her character, absolutely. Go right ahead. Because you know Brock but, would do that. But, like, this is just not... It doesn't look good. No, and it does not fit at all the character that they've been trying to portray for her over the last couple of weeks on TV. So, I, I boy, I was... It was staggeringly bad. Like, it was just a bad couple of appearances at a time where she's not doing much. You know what I mean? Like, she just hasn't done a ton of media. ESPN kind of had an exclusive the entire time. I don't know if that's a deal that they've had with WWE in order to make that happen. She has not done a ton of media, and she did not. She came off pretty well in the Ramona Shelburne interview, although she was unwilling to talk about losing. Like, she said that she still couldn't talk about it. Outside of that, I thought the interview was fine. This was a bad week for Ronda Rousey. And the media that she did. All right, uh, before we wrap up, a huge New Japan show over the week. AJ, I, did you get to see any of it? No, I didn't. It was it was really great. I didn't get to see all of it, but I there were enough people freaking out on Sunday night that I knew I needed to go check out as much of it as I could. Strong Style Evi- Revi- I talk for a living. Strong Style Evolved, of course, is what I was trying to say in an ever-so-eloquent way. And at the end of the night, like, the big deal. So you have the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers. That's the big event, and that's the, the big moment at the end. And you sort of have this dispute between the Bucks and Cody Rhodes, which I think is great. I don't know where it's going, but I love it. I love everything that they're doing. I love the Golden Lovers. I, I, like, there's a part of me that wants to go see them more now. I've, I've like, committed that I'm only going to go to three wrestling shows while we're down in New Orleans, but... You know, I mean, like, I might end up changing my mind about that and poking into another one at some point. Um, But a tremendous moment, a tremendous event, and they drew really well in California. I think that's a really good sign uh, for them moving towards um, All In, which is going to involve many of these same people. Um, So, you know, just something that I thought was worth mentioning from this past weekend. All right, uh, let's get some plugs in. Uh, AJ, tell everybody about Frank, what you got going on, and the Francis Sports Academy, and, of course, your charity basketball game. Yeah, so uh, my charity basketball game will be the Champs versus the Stars. Uh, it's going to be in uh, on May 5th in Millersville, Maryland, at Old Mill High School. It's going to be my team of celebrities versus my dad's uh, 4A North Region champions. Um, it's going to be, as of right now, we got, myself and Brent Grimes, who you may have, you may not remember. I, I don't, does not ring a bell. Who, and then what, he, play, what is, he plays defensive back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they are in the national football league. Oh, well, so it's like the, there's, they, they have a, they have a football league for the whole nation now, huh? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, that's neat. Um, <laughs> there's only 32 teams though. So you would think there'd be more. Huh. Um, huh. Well, where do I, uh, can I sign up for that or? If it's for the whole nation, I assume that you can just go. You can uh, you can be a sponsor. Oh, oh! Do you have to have money? Yes. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but we are accepting uh, sponsorships. Um, we're going to have a, like a game day uh, program. And um, $50 gets you a quarter of a page. $100 gets you half a page. Uh, $150 gets oh, wait you a, a second. Full- we can buy a jobbing out. We'll, we'll do that. We'll, as a show, we'll buy a jobbing out ad in I, your program. I, I could dig that, and then, um, but we're gonna we have that um, for you know uh, we already have a a donor that's gonna donate um, over a thousand dollars. If you donate over a thousand dollars, you get you know your logo on the jersey, so that's pretty cool. Okay, I'm not. We're not gonna be not. that sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> I we're figured, I we're figured, gonna do the whole quarter page thing. I think. I figured. I figured as much, but uh, you know it's it's crazy. It's fun. Uh, it's gonna be a good time. Also, um, I got a music video coming out soon for hashtag, which oh, is off my. I've album seen it. It's amazing. My God, it's incredible. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Um, and uh, I also have, um, uh, I am gonna be next week. I'm gonna be recording a new project that I'll be releasing on SoundCloud and uh, YouTube. Um, and the project's called Sixty Nine, and it's gonna, I mean, just not to give anything away, but the first track is um a sample of D-Generation X's entrance song. That's pretty so. great. I was actually, when you said what it, when you said it was 69, I thought you were actually getting into pornography, which I got to be honest with you, I'll, I'll support you no matter what you're doing, and I want you to know that. I will support any any decision that you make in your career. I was just, I was a little caught off guard that that was the direction that you were going now. No, so the concept of 69 is, A, I'm number 69. Oh. Um, um, B... Uh, we're going to record the entire tape in 69 hours, so a little less than three days. Um, we are There's only two original songs on there, track six, and that song's called Six, and then track nine, that song's called Nine. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really dope. Um, I'm excited for it. It's pretty much all written, so it's just like putting it all together. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm doing right now. So uh, I'm also going to be training people in Florida for these last couple of weeks before I come back to OTAs. I'll be back in the area in April, so mid-April. And I'm getting excited for WrestleMania. And uh, social media, of course, at AJ Francis 410 Yeah, check me out on the social at the AJ Francis 410 Aaron's on Twitter at the AOster. The show's on Twitter at Jobbing Out Show. We'll be uh, letting you know more about what we're going to be doing down in New Orleans as we get a little bit closer to it. So be checking us out on Twitter at jobbing out show do us a favor we actually need to make a push on that like i always forget and i never really but we need people to if, please share us tell your friends to follow the show we'll do more with it uh wrestlemania weekend but we do need to make a push on twitter it, it like sometimes i look over and i'm like man it looks like nobody gives a shit when i look at our twitter follower count but that's just because we don't take it seriously enough that's our fault so we got to do a better job of that but please help us out jobbers if you don't mind and um, and if you're not following, start following. If you are, please share it. Tell your friends to follow us at Jobbing Out Show on Twitter. I'm at Glenn Clark Radio. GlennClarkRadio.com is the website. Thanks again to Mark Henry. He killed. Don't forget next week, Mick Foley, and of course our buddy Steve Miggs as we make our WrestleMania and NXT picks. Our big WrestleMania extravaganza next week here on Jobbing Out for Aaron Oster and for the main event. No chance anybody heard that one. I'm uh, AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out.